Hi, producer Sam here. I want to thank you listeners for checking out our first ever podcast, where two drunk lesbians discuss randomly selected episodes of Call the Midwife. Now, before we begin, I just wanted to give everyone a heads up that listener discretion is advised, as this podcast does contain strong language and graphic descriptions that generally are just not going to be pleasant to listen to. Now, again, this is our first time ever making a podcast, and when I say first time, I mean first time. So please now set your standards to the floor, and without further ado, enjoy the show. we're a bit awkward this is the pilot call the midwife podcast and um what we're going to do is we we had some chat thoughts didn't we yeah about how we were going to run this we did we decided that for the pilot podcast we should watch the pilot episode of call the midwife yeah it was amazing i loved it it I have some serious thoughts. I have lots of thoughts about this episode. I did seven. Oh, me pages too. Notes. How many notes? Seven pages. <laughs> I make How many... seven notes. That's it. Just <laughs> seven notes. And I think that's it's good, guys, because we're setting the bar exactly where it should be on this. <laughs> I have seven notes, but you you chip in as we go along. I'll try. You'll try. Okay. Yeah, I might. I might just go. To be honest, if it's crap. Don't leave. Don't leave me. I'm <laughs> so yeah, so firstly, obviously you heard our beautiful opening credits, which was not our idea. Um, no, didn't <laughs> we want to do that. I did not want to do that. <laughs> we were made to do that. So I hope that as performing monkeys go, we were good performing monkeys for you all. And you enjoyed that. So, call the midwife, Kim. Hello, yes, call the midwife. Let's let's just dive straight in, okay? And then we could just chat shit as we go on. Also, oh, oh, this is also like the drunken review of Call the Midwife. I'm completely wasted. <laughs> so, Kim, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Penderin whiskey which yeah. I've tried to get everybody in the Discord to buy so far. I've never, never I don't have it. shares. It's Welsh whiskey. It's amazing. Do the Welsh do whiskey? Yeah, apparently. A member of the Discord actually found out that the first person to create bourbon in America was a Welshman who emigrated, Ooh, which I very... thought was quite nice, actually. Because you're Welsh? No, no, no. No, I'm from Lancashire. I... I... Head canon that you're from Hull. Like you just bring up the Welsh thing as a side front. Like, yeah, no, I'm from Wales. No, no I'm just trying not. to tap up the, the Delias in the fandom. That's all I'm doing. It's like pretend oh. I'm Welsh. I sometimes I want to catch you out and be like, say umbrella in Welsh. What's Welsh for umbrella? Umbrella. Well, that's easy. Okay. Pick <laughs> <laughs> <Make> that up. <laughs> 
umbrella. Done. <laughs> Easy. What Welsh first slow? <laughs> Araf. Araf. It's on all the fucking roads. <laughs> on the roads. Everything's like crap down, you speedy Gonzalez. Right, call the midwife. Yes. <laughs> Why we're here. Go. The Do reason. It. So I have some notes. Okay. So it opens up to the opening credits, which you've heard us beautifully sing and or hum for you. And I'm glad you enjoyed that. So, Kim. Why did you start listening to Call the Mid? Why did you start watching Call the Midwife even? Because it was Sunday night fodder and Sunday night TV in Britain is shit, basically. That's a shit reason. Come on, give me the deep story. The deep story is that my mother was a midwife in Poplar in 1952. <laughs> and I thought I thought it would be lovely to, to relive her life. Okay. Which nun was she? Sister Monica Joan. Ah, oh, excellent. My mum was Sheila. Flair. Really? Great yeah. glasses. Great glasses. Yeah. Well, you know, that's where I get my looks from. Right. <laughs> so it opens up. We have this beautiful opening credits. And uh, Can oh, I just what? say, actually, wasn't it lovely to see the original opening credits again? Yeah. I know was... they've colourised them, but I really yeah. like the, the black and white. And it just What's your favourite really picture? Nice. What's your favourite picture? The ship. It's got the ship. ship. I like the one where the girl is, is for some reason, like, flipping herself around a telephone. Flipping herself off? No, well, no, that's a different podcast. Let's not oh, be sorry, worried sorry. about it. God, I'm trying to be nostalgic. We're trying to be serious. This is a serious podcast, Kim. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no one will be flipping themselves off. I'm getting yeah. looks off the producer. <laughs> sorry, Sam. So, yeah, so... Yeah, so there's a one where the girl's flipping herself around a pole, and that's just like same. I do that now. Yeah, I I, I can imagine. In fact, I am imagining that. Just imagine me in a pole. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Okay. Done. Good. You go. Good. One for the bank. Right. So it starts. The credits open, and then it's like Jennifer Worth is shown, and it's shown like they they. They show Jenny, don't they, in an open, it opens in a dockyard. And mm. at the bottom it says the East End of London, 1957. And I looked this up. So the World War II ended in 1945. So this is 12 years on from, so this is post-war London. Mm. Okay. And it's quite, the music at the start, it's kind of like a horror story. It's quite bumpy. That's what my note says. My, mu my notes say, music, quite bumpy, horror, thriller-esque. There you go. That's, me, that's Sober Charlie making some notes. <laughs> yeah, but it opens with a fight, so. No, it doesn't. It doesn't open straight away. You've watched, so she, she's walking through and she's kind of got the red lipstick and she looks very out of it and very like, why also? Why is she going through a dockyard to arrive at Poplar? I don't know. Why, though? Because I was like, she's taken a fucking detour to get to Nanak. Maybe she, maybe she wanted some fish. Maybe she wanted to, like, get whistled at by some dockmen. Oh, yeah. Flirt. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Do you like being flirted by dockmen? Maybe. <laughs> quite like being whistled at <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it 
thank you. It wasn't, I, I wanted to whistle you. Yeah. So I've written, so she's walking through this and she looks a bit like um, revolted by everyone. If you look at her impression, she's just like, uh, poor people. And this is Ugh. just part of my thing about Jenny. But my first impression is red lipstick. She's only got a tiny bit of luggage. Why is it so small? She's got this tiny bag of luggage. Well, she doesn't have underwear. Well, she doesn't need it, does she? No. Mm. Nobody's ever going to see it, so why have it? This is true, but she's going to be on a bike. For most of her professional career, she's going to be cycling around. And I imagine a bit of like... Vaseline. 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 <laughs> How is that going to help situation? <laughs> no idea. I just like saying it's it. The seat. <laughs> <laughs> Never get any babies delivered. She'd just be like, I'm trying to get to you. I know it's <laughs> straight off the seat. Just like Delia. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> Seriously, though, a crisis. Jenny Lee, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Puts the stuff, the little bag of shit on top of the bike, <laughs> and then she just gets on the seat. Whoosh, instantly slides up and she's like I forgot my underwear and for some reason I've been vaselining my panty like that's a very different <laughs> I need to do that post watershed really don't they yeah that would be amazing wouldn't it call the yeah. midwife the porno <laughs> you can be Jenny no I don't want to be Jenny everybody hates Jenny <laughs> well who would you be in the porno um sister Julian Oh no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't get into that. Because it's Sister Julienne, it's like watching Sooty get banged. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Ugh. Like, Ugh. I kind of get it because Sooty's a puppet, so he's always got some fingers in there. But... Yeah. Right, call the midwife. Yes, back on it. Come on. Open to two women having a fight in the street. And it's too, they're having a right punch up. It's proper drama. And, and there's all these women feral. around. It is, isn't it? It's really feral. It's a very aggressive fight. Mm. And then there's all these women around them. And it's very school, school ground kind of like fight, 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 fight. And they've all got <laughs> these big brooms and scythes. I don't know. Imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> An Eastern scythe. But Jenny kind of, again, Jenny's taking a very bizarre route to her new workplace. She's gone through the dockyards and now she's going through some random street and she sees two women having a fight and they're having a proper, and Jenny looks horrified. And then there's a beautiful monologue by old Jenny where she goes, I could have been an air hostess. I could have been a model. I could have been a concert pianist. And I've put a line under concert pianist because she never plays the piano. No, never no once. One. And even in later series, Sheila's like, oh, we have no one to play the piano. We'll have to use Timothy. But fucking Jenny could play the piano all the whole time. What a bitch. Fucking hate Jenny. She's selfish. She's a she selfish is. cow. She is. She won't play the piano for the nuns. She She's just judgy on everyone. Ugh, we hate her. Um, <laughs> she could have gone to Paris. She could have been brave. But she sidestepped all of these choices and went to London because she thought it'd be easier being a nurse 
what fucking cloud was young Jenny on? Also, I worked it out from her age. She's 22 at the start of this series. What a fucking 22. She's 22. Oh, she doesn't just, she just doesn't know any better. You can't no. blame her. She's got these no. high ideals and she wants to be amazing. And she's come from a middle class background where everything was fine and lovely and they drank tea. And now she's got to go to the East End where feral women fight under archways. Just sounds like my street. Sometimes yeah. I go up for a fight. Really? Under archways? Well, we haven't got an archway. We're not posh enough for that. We just oh. fight in an alley. Yeah, old school. Like a smelly one. It doesn't, I never notice the smell. I'm too full of adrenaline. Okay. Like, It'll do that to you. In my car parking space. That's right. Oh, God, I heard that. I know. Wow. <laughs> I don't fight people in alleys, just so people know. Not like that. I'll just talk to them. So, anyway, these two women are having a fight, and then Peter, woo, first big character. Nino, Nino, Nino. Nino, Nino. He turns up, the police show up, and he's like, stop having that fight. Come on, ladies, have some self-respect. And I'm like, same, Peter. And then that doesn't work. The women don't stop fighting. In fact, it gets worse, more heated. One of the women pulls the other one down and starts, like, slapping her, and they have a whole conversation about your husband's a slut. And they have that whole side thing. And then Sister of Angelina. I love her. Sister Vange. We love Sister Vange. A living legend. I fucking love her. So she turns up and she saves the day. And this like really epitomizes her character. Like I love Sister of Angelina because she turns up. And first of all, the women are more afraid of Sister Evangelina than they are of the police. So the police turn up and they could actually arrest someone. And Sister Evangelina turns up and everyone's like, yeah, we should behave. Yeah, that but she's got the power of God behind her. She does. God. And could you imagine giving birth and Sister Evangelina being there? I no. would not misbehave at all. Like, I feel like she'd turn up and be like, be born. And the babies would be like, okay. Too scared not to come out. Exactly. Or it could be the other way. They could go back in. Yeah, but it's a dead end, isn't it? So <laughs> It's like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to come out. You know, you know in horror films, don't go down the dead end. <laughs> don't go down the dead end. You should tell that to the babies. The babies are like, no, we've seen horror films. But yeah, so she turns up and she says to Pearl, who is the woman. Is it Pearl? I've written yeah. it down. It's One Pearl. of them is Pearl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she, she's written it down that the other woman has ripped open Pearl's top or Pearl's been so upset that her bosoms have grown and burst her top. So <laughs> then she says to the cop, she says to Peter, please give her your tunic, be a gentleman. And, and she says to Pearl, don't get any blood on it. And Peter's like, I've seen worse. I've had worse stuff on my tunic. And that's our introduction to the East End, really. Mm. can i just give a shout out because my dad will hate me if i don't give this shout out but Go the medals it. on the police officers uniforms are spot on my dad that's that's like my dad's thing if the medals aren't right the show is shit fair enough i can get with that hi kim to sad i hope you're listening and very proud of her <laughs> cut people cut <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so they then the next scene happens and 
Jenny acknowledges that she knew nothing of life. She knew nothing of how babies were made. She knew nothing about poverty or anything. And I'm like, oh, fuck off, Jenny. You know nothing. Why have you taken this job? And more than that, she says at this point she was trained as a nurse. And then she's gone on to train as a midwife. She never saw poverty in that whole thing. She never saw any poverty. I, it just doesn't ring true, does it? bollocks so selfish well she's just a bit odd i don't like jenny i'm not going to defend her but you know come on don't be cruel and then the best scene ever okay so she turns up at the nanatus finally after going through the docks and random towns i feel like she just fucked about she was like no i'm a bit nervous i'm just going to go through the dockyard get whistled out a bit get my ego fluffed up then I'm going to see a couple of fist fights and then I'm going to go to my new workplace fine and <laughs> she just fucked around I'm the same when I don't want to do something I'm like well I'll go for a walk maybe so she was straight... looking for a toilet because she was so nervous maybe that that's a thing but do you wee when you're nervous no number two is all the way you poo when you're nervous yeah well, I get I get that I'm the same but I it comes out like a Kentucky waterfall <laughs> Beautiful. That's a beautiful image. <laughs> like a poo mullet. Right. So the next scene is, um, so she reaches Nanatus, and this is the original Nanatus. I know, wasn't it great? I know, I'd forgotten what it looked like. It's flats now. <laughs> Everything's flats now. Yeah, especially in London. Everything's in flat. Um, so she goes there. And she goes up the steps and it's a bomb site. There are like rubble everywhere. But also, this is 12 years on from World War. Could no mm. one have shoveled the wreckage? Could no the one Americans, I'm sorry, the Americans didn't give us enough money for that. Oh, fucking America. We love you, Americans. If you're an American listening to this podcast, we love you. Thank you for joining in eventually to the Second World War. But we <laughs> like took some fucking time. You were like, meh, maybe Hitler, maybe the UK. We haven't decided yet. We'll trade to everyone. But in the meantime, but anyway, this is we're back to call the midwife. Okay. 12 years on from the Second World War, and no one's thought, let's fucking shovel some of this shit and take it somewhere. It just looks like a bomb site. Okay. Any thoughts? <laughs> I have seen films set in the 1960s where that was still the case. I'm people sorry, but the Marshall Plan was not very generous. People, that's all people I'm saying. Very house proud. I would be sweeping the rubble up. I'd be like, no, but you we can need to sweep that your out. step. You don't sweep the rubble. Well, I would. I mean, these are nuns. How much? Like, they haven't got any personal time. It's just God and babies. They don't have like a spare hour to go. Let's no, make the place look there's nice. Compline Vestas. There's all these other things. There's no time. I want there's you to name all. Name all of them. Because I, I only know Compline. Vespers, Compline, Matins, yeah, Kevin's, and Jasons. <laughs> Kevin's and Jasons. I, just, I can't challenge that. So if anyone who's listening's like, fuck off, I was raised Catholic and there are way there's the very specific times. We're sorry. Okay. We're sorry if this is very important to you, but we just take the piss out of everything. I'm okay. not sorry. She's not sorry. Because she's just like that. 
So Jenny then knocks, knocks on the door. And this is a nice thing because throughout the series, every time there's a new midwife, someone has to knock on the door. And every <laughs> single time, Monica Joan, yes. Joan, the living legend, answers the door and fucks with them. Right. <laughs> Here's my question, okay? Is okay. she is she just fucking with everyone? Is she got dementia? Is she just eccentric or is she just a dickhead? Is she just one of us? At this point, she's just eccentric and she's fucking with them. She's just fucking with them. She's and then, fucking with course, them. And I, this is a bit nerdy, okay? So I went online. Oh, nerd. This, okay. Be prepared because I, I like a nerd. Oh, okay. So she says to them, Venus and Saturn are now in alignment here, okay? And I Googled what this meant because she says to Jenny when she opens the door, ah, it's brilliant that you're here because Venus and Saturn are in alignment. Okay, so I Googled it and Google says, Venus with Saturn. Saturn is slow and sluggish. Anything associated with Saturn goes slowly. Venus indicates marriage and in an association with Saturn, the marriage is delayed. If Venus and Saturn are in conjunction, takes place... what? Basically, they're slow and lazy. <laughs> She's throwing shade. <laughs> That's my point. So if they say this, okay, she's basically saying to her, you look like the right midwife because you look slow and lazy. Ooh, shade. 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 And I love that she just comes off with that in the cuff. I would have to really think about that. She's she's very well, well read. I, I well kind read. of, uh, I wish I was that well read. I feel like when we next drink, um, we should, until we get to when Trixie's making cocktails, every time she mentions Keats, Sister Monica Joan, we should have a shot. Okay, I'm down. Should we do that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, Sister Monica Joan, um, she s- says to, hang on, wait, wait, let me find my notes. So she says to Jenny, <laughs> look, she sees a plane and she goes, oh, look, do you think it's visitors from another realm? And it's a and Jenny goes, no, it's an aeroplane. She's flat blank. No, it's an aeroplane. Idiot. And yeah, but I would play on words, realm, just another country. What's that? She's mean? just that well read. She knows that realm just means another country. She just And Jenny's so stupid, she didn't get it arrogant she just doesn't she just sees an old woman and she's like no i'm not engaging with you and but then the scene that i love is sister monica joan first of all shows her a plan and just says a load of random shit and then she's like "Come <laughs> on, let's go and find a cake and this is post-war britain so people are there was no cake there was no cake and sugar was still rationed it was still rationed and sister monica joan's like eat the entire cake eat the whole thing yeah, and but it was a coconut cake. Nobody likes coconut cake. I like coconut cake. Seriously? I do. Oh, you fucking know? hell. I knew there was a reason I wouldn't like you. Oh. Can, we not, can we not be friends now? No, sorry. End the podcast. Producer <laughs> Sam, end it. End oh. it now, before it gets out of hand. <laughs> But anyway, so how terrible would this be? Because it's like the start of a new job. And I'll get to the fact that Jenny has done no prep for this job at all. But she's eaten everybody's food. Like everyone turns up and it's like, oh, it's the new girl. I'm so excited to see you. 
but then they're then looking for the cake and Jenny's like oh fuck I've eaten everybody's cake you <laughs> wipes her face discreetly when nobody's watching <laughs> do you eat the cake I'd be like I've had a slice that's enough that's yeah she's a bitch how can you eat everybody's cake in post-war Britain what <laughs> what a monster she is right. a fucking monster but we can I just like, say, how young did Trixie look? Oh my God, I was going to talk about this. Okay, we're only on page one of my notes. <laughs> Sorry, am I skipping ahead? No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So Jenny eats all of the cake and then ba 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 Julianne, Cynthia and Trixie all ball into the room and is like, oh, it's the new person. Where's the cake? Look in the cake. <laughs> I'm sure there's a cake. I'd be like, <laughs> I've not seen a cake. But <laughs> you'd be panicking, wouldn't you? Where's and the then, fucking cake? Oh. Where's the fucking cake? I'd be like, no idea. And then Evangelina turns up full of rage. And I, Evangelina is my spirit animal because no, if someone well, eats my cake, please, I would turn up. Please <laughs> refer to her as Vange in my presence. That's all Vange. I'm saying. Sister Vange. Sounds too much like flange. That's why I like it. Dirty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Carry on. Um, so, Sister Vange turns up and kicks off about the cake. She's like, I left this cake. Look at the tin. It's empty. And these two sluts have got coconut all around the cake. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, that's not the word she uses, but she's fuming about this cake. And MJ and Evangelina, their relationship starts off like this because she's just like, meh, 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 Keats. And Evangelina's like, you've eaten my food. And neither of them can see head to head. And it starts a beautiful love-hate relationship. Yeah. Just think, though, at this point, they would have worked together for years. Years. This is not a new relationship. This no. is a relationship of decades. Decades. Like, it's just been fuming for 10, 20, 30 years. Like, every fucking time someone makes... <laughs> cake you eat it I want some maybe Evangelina's not had sugar for like 30 years she's worked through a world war and she's like when the fuck am I ever gonna have a bit of flapjack <laughs> <laughs> gypsy um, dreams just don't cut it it doesn't can you imagine every single time she's like meh, 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 meh. Keats you'd be like fuck Keats fuck <laughs> your fucking poetry I'm gonna I'm gonna nail you or duct tape you to the wall because I want a slice of cake. Call <laughs> <laughs> the midwife episode, wouldn't it? <laughs> then Evangelina. So they have this little argument, and Mi and Monica Joan goes, "Well, it's my time to leave. I'm gonna leave now." So she leaves them. Jenny is basically left holding the can on this one and she kind of walks to the door and turns around to Jenny and goes children need their sugar sexy wink and then off sexy she goes. wink <laughs> and I'm just like good for you Monica Joan don't take any responsibility for this thing that you forced this new poor woman who's going to work in your place to eat an entire cake and then fucked off and left her good but she you. had she had knitting to do she did have knitting to do she That's had knitting great. to do and Keats to read 
She did. She's, she had another book to read so that she could shade everyone in a very oblique way that no it's one would a have on. Big shade. Big shade. Big shade. big shade. Okay. And then, so nothing is ever said about this cake thing. Everyone's kind of like, it's okay. We'll have a biscuit, whatevs. And um, gypsy cream. It skips forward and. Jenny is in by the phone. She's in the little corridor thing. And Sister Julienne peeks stirring at this point. Okay, she's definitely stirring. She comes up in, and I, I propose a fuck all, says, oh, Monica Joan was the first trained midwife in the UK, and that's why she's mental. And it's like, <laughs> uh, first of all, this is a brand new member of staff that you are the supervisor for, and you've just come in and like been like oh yeah so she's nuts and she's been here for a long time and we're she kind of lives here we can't do anything about it so we just have to look after her what do you think about this <laughs> yeah it was a bit random i'll be honest i just think yeah, she just i'm not sure but yeah the drama i mean yeah. let's face it we know heidi lays on the drama Love it. she can pull the drama out of anything even exactly. Even just a little throwaway aside, oh yeah, she was the first midwife ever. Yeah, she. I mean, and also, I looked up this again. I went on the interwebs. So, let me just find my notes because I'm a little bit drunk. Um, okay, so midwifery training only became a thing in 1902. So before that, there was no midwifery training. Everyone was just random. Historically, nurses were just prostitutes and alcoholics that people would give a bit of money to to sit with dying people. That's where nursing came from. And then someone went, we will gather these women. And they are you tell it, are you telling me that Florence Nightingale was a prostitute? No, no, no. I'm going to get to Florence Nightingale. So prior to that, alcoholics and destitutes and just people that would be like sit with someone with the plague and no one cared if they died or not. So they just sit with the person with the plague for a couple of pennies and drink some gin and be like, this is cool. And then in 1856, the Crimean War happened and Florence Nightingale was like, no, I'm going to transform these assembled retrobates so i'm going to turn them into a real thing so florence native girl happened and became and like made the nurses of today before that nurses were just drunks alcoholics they're the same thing and prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so florence Nightingale, flow flow nigh turned up and changed the whole thing she was like we're going to be professional we're going to have uniforms we're not going to be drunk on shift and oh I, shit I, I know, what I, a bitch what a bitch and um and then after that it took another 50 years before midwifery training became a thing so when julienne says sister monica joan was the first trained midwife that was in 1902 which actually checks out because that's about 50 years before the show started yeah that's and um, it says on the interwebs that trained midwives were very rare and often supported by non-trained women. So it was only after the Second World War that they started to train A, midwives and B, nurses. So before that, it was kind of, it was quite a posh people because they didn't mm. get wages. So it was just posh people and nuns. Well, have you seen Casualty 19-0-whatever? They did a series of like early casualties. No around the London hospital being the first hospital to train nurses formally. Excellent. It's a really good series. 
oh, well, there we go, podcast people. There we go, something else to talk about. But yeah, so I just, in my notes, I wrote, too much info, Julianne, what a gossip. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was the first midwife and now she's dementia slash eccentric and she just lives here. So take it in your stride, Jenny, fuck's sake. And then Jenny, which baffles me even now, she says, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was going to be working in a convent. Private hospital. She wanted a private hospital, hospital. which could be foreshadowing of the privatisation. Well, just series 10. Series just 10. saying. Long Candace long. has got some ideas. <laughs> but yeah, like, she didn't do any research into this new job. She's taken this job, moved all to London from wherever she was before, and not done even the slightest research. She hasn't rang them up ahead of time. They had phones. She hasn't rang them up and gone, ooh, where is this place that I'm going to work? Not one iota of research. And then she's all like, oh, I feel sorry for me because I didn't do any research. Do your research, Jenny. <laughs> she's such a lazy bitch. Such a lazy bitch. And then, ugh, just irritates me. Like, who doesn't check stuff out? Me. Me. You? I don't, yeah. No, I don't. Oh, I so don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just rolling with it. I've not even seen this episode. <laughs> don't be like that. Okay. So, and so, and also, as an aside, if I lived with my colleagues 24-7 and 50% of them were nuns, I would be throwing my own poo by the end of the first week. Like, where, where <laughs> are you going with this? <laughs> There's no life outside of the convent. There's an episode later on. You know when Patsy's trying to move in with Delia and she's like, I, I've, I've rented a flat. And Sister Julian's like, are you unhappy being here, Patsy? Why on earth would you want to leave? And Patsy's like, no, I want to sit on my girlfriend's face without being <laughs> Like, what's going on? Anyway, Julianne just lacks total insight and none of them have a work-life balance. They're just all sheltered. They're just all sheltered. But then the the scene moves on and woo, 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 Sheila turns up. Hooters. There are hooters. (laughs) Is that what you're telling me? There are hooters. (laughs) Don't besmirch Sheila like that. She doesn't have sex. She's basically Yeah, right. She's got 14 children now with Dr. Turner in the latest series. What a goer. But yeah, so <laughs> she turns up and I forgot she was a nun. I was like, oh my God, she's a nun. She looks very she's different. got amazing glasses though. I've got such glasses envy. Do you? Do you wear yeah. glasses? Occasionally. What for? Distance. Distance. Like yeah. when you're doing archery and stuff. Yeah, when I'm trying to kill people. Yeah, from a distance. Yeah, from a distance. <laughs> the world looks blue and green. <laughs> and I've got fingers in the fridge. <laughs> oh, at some point, podcast people, we will explain the fingers in the fridge because um, Kim is actually a serial killer by night. Mm. Yes, I'm bringing this broadcast to you live from HMP style. In- in North Manchester. That's how we met. In inside. Anyway. Well, so, you were inside me. I wasn't inside you. Don't make it weird. Okay. I'm <laughs> it has to be alive. But yes, it was. 
Right. So Julian then it skips to another scene. They're in the clinic and Julian's going through the box and she's like, this is a thing. I'm not a midwife. So she goes, this is another thing and the thing and the thing. And then it ends with, this is a glass enema tube. Oh yeah, the shock. The <gasps> shock of the glass enema. Jenny is disgusted because she, she disgusted. comes from a better quality of CCG. So she's like, no, 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 no. In my area, we have plastique. Plastique? But poor people just have to glass shoved up their fanny. And she has an extra glass enema tube for if the first one breaks. Why wouldn't you use the first one even if it broke, though? I think that's just you. You just like weird stuff. Oh, okay. Do you like a bit of glass up there? Well, I don't mind anything sharp going up there. But... <gasps> oh, that's an image. Like one man, one jar. Yeah, why not? Still got a bit kinky on here, isn't it? Right, so there's a time jump. And this episode is a bit all over. So like the timings aren't brilliant. But then there's a time jump. So Jenny is cycling around and she's getting lost and asking people to show her on a map where she is. Jenny, do some fucking homework and work out where you work. <laughs> You're cycling all through Poplar to get there. Surely you took some notice. She's just pointless. So she's doing loads of cycling around Poplar. That's kind of the takeaway from that scene. Why don't they all have bicycle thighs? They've all got very dainty legs and they're doing like 100 million miles a day on a bike. Kim, thoughts? I can't talk about people that have got bike thighs. Why? Because I ended up in hospital with my bike thighs. That's right. You do have a backstory about bicycle thighs. Please tell it to our desperate audience. Um, no. Okay. Basically, Kim lost both legs in, an, in a bicycle fight. It was two bikes and they hit in the middle of a swamp and she lost both legs and just now got robot legs. Yeah. And they work perfectly fine. They do. They do. And, and they're very cold and women like them when I press them against them. They do. It's good to ride on, I've heard. But, yeah. like, it, it just makes her very angry. Whenever we mention bicycle thighs, she's like, don't mention those human legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, then it gets to the storyline. I'm only on page two. We're going to need to shift this on. Okay, so... Move it on, move it on, Charlie. Move it on, move Come it on, on bitch. Your move it on. Legs. Okay, so then it goes to the Mrs. Warren. Okay, so Jenny turns up to this house and it's a terrible condition. It's very dirty and cramped and there's a baby in a pram downstairs and, oh, she's drank all of her. Do you need to go and get some more? No. Are you okay? okay? I haven't got any more. You haven't got any more? No. That's terrible. I know. We need to get some more for the next one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that there'll be a next one. There will be a next one. We've, this has been seamless so far. <laughs> okay. So she turns up at Mrs. Warren's house and it's just perfect. There's a baby in a pram. It's all gone very wrong. And then she turns up into this kitchen. First of all, Jenny just lets herself into this house. No one actually gives her permission, but she's like, fuck it. I'm so posh. I don't have to care about the general rules. So well, she's, she's a midwife. She's got power of entry into anywhere, even Fanny's. That I don't think that's how that works. Oh, it's not, not how that works. Like she can't just be any fanny. She can't just walk into a room and be like, "You, 
I must enter you because that's his line. And I think no. But it's power of entry. It's in the law. A fanny. Yeah. No. If it's licensed, you let a midwife enter you. If she said she was a midwife, I'd trust her and let her enter me. Yeah. (laughs) Would you be like, yeah, okay, that's cool. You're a midwife. I believe you. You go on, carry on. Get on with it. How dilated are my bitch? How dilated are you right now? Would you say? Yeah, probably four fingers. Interesting. Your fingers or somebody else's fingers? Producer's fingers. Producer's fingers. You're looking at that in the lustful way. Wow. Yeah. Should mention now for the edit that Sam is showing us four fingers. <laughs> They're very nice fingers, I approve. Kim's like they would look lovely on us. Annie is sliding off a, a bike saddle. <laughs> <laughs> At the mere prospect. <laughs> right. So walks into the, we're only on page two, guys, and we've been talking for an hour and eight minutes. So she then walks in and everybody's speaking Spanish. And there's a teenage daughter and she translates because Jenny can't speak Spanish. Although she does know that the mum is speaking Spanish. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, you knew enough Spanish to know she was speaking Spanish. <laughs> But okay, <laughs> identify that dialect. And maybe then, she likes Mexican food. Maybe, but I don't think there was Mexican food in London at this time. What, there's no fajitas? I don't think they have fajitas yet. Google really? it. Really? Google it. No. Google it. I'm not, I'm not that interested. I am. I'll Google <laughs> it later. So then the teenage daughter's like, oh, she's had 24 babies. 24. Four. 24 fucking babies. 24. There's too many babies. But then it she is. says, oh, she's um, she's had 22 pregnancies and two sets of twins. And Jenny's like, oh, my fucking God. And I'm like, same. You know, I would be panicked if I met a very young looking woman who's like, I've had 22 pregnancies. I'd be like, do you not own a book? Get a hobby. Do you think uh, it's like throwing a cat down an alley? It would be at that point, like a ripped out fireplace, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like a baby would just drop out. Yeah, fall out. Just wouldn't fall even out. need any Vaseline. She'd just have to jump up and down a couple of times and. Oh, yeah. it's out! <laughs> Ta da! That would be a really easy birth. I'd be like, come on, just stand up. The sides do <laughs> not need greasing. <laughs> Jenny would be like, do you want some Vaseline? I um, Vaseline myself when I get on a bike saddle. Do you want some of this? <laughs> it works well for me. I can never get on a bike. Um, so, yeah, so then Jenny starts asking some midwifey questions. And good for her because it's clearly showing that she has some knowledge and some background shit. Yeah, but it's also never a job. Anything. She doesn't do it. She's a shit job. And we'll get to that when the baby's born. But... She says to her, like, when did she last have a period? And the daughter's like, I can't ask her those questions. It's my mum. And it's like, bitch, this is the 22nd pregnancy. Surely you've got the periods down. And then the dad comes home, Mr. Warren. Okay. Mr. Warren turns up and goes, uh, calls down the youngest daughter. It's like, change this baby's nappy because... Even though they've got 24 children, he apparently can't fucking do that. Yeah, but he and needs then, to delegate at that point. If you've got a team of 22 people, you have to delegate. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I don't like <laughs> Mr. Warren because of stuff that happens later on. But at the moment, it seems quite innocent. Okay. And then um, Mr. Warren comes up and says, oh, well, um, I don't speak any Spanish. 
And Jenny's like, what the fuck? Your wife only speaks Spanish and you only speak English, but you've had 24 children. I'm sorry, Charlie. Let's face it. The language of love does not have words. They do not need kids. They do not need to speak the same language. Okay, fine. I don't accept that, but I'll go with that. (laughs) So Jenny's like a proper virgin about it because they're like touching each other's face and she's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to lube myself up when I get on my bike. No, no, Vaseline, not lube, Vaseline. Yeah, they don't have lube yet. It's not oil based. So then it moves on. We need to move on with these notes. So then it moves on to a dinner table and all the nurses and midwives are there and they're having a little chin chat and Jenny's bitching. Jenny's just being a bitch about this and she's like Ugh. they were like touching each other like they were in love it was disgusting Ugh. and then one of the right this is this is exactly okay now I wonder did you pick up on this okay so one of them says Mrs Warren was 14 or younger yeah. when Mr Warren brought her back from yeah. Spain disgusting okay. I have some major questions about this because they all kind of go oh she was she's possibly younger no one knew because obviously she was stolen from another country (laughs) he was in the spanish civil war didn't speak any fucking spanish couldn't learn any then could you mr warren and then she turned up on the boat with this poor girl this child who was already pregnant and was like yeah and everyone's like, well, you've opened up a can of worms because we're all disgusted, but nobody's going to question it anymore. And they say, I'm moving on to page three. Sheila then says, um, <laughs> and she goes, oh, and Jenny goes, but they're so in love. And Sheila goes, well, I delivered the last baby and he never left the room. At which point, Sister Evangelina's like, if I was the police, I'd ask questions. Really? Really? That's the thing? That's the line in the sand? You're not going to question the child trafficking or the 14 or younger child? The paedophilia? Exactly! Come on! Anyway. But do you not find, though, generally, the the nuns are... I don't know if this is the writing, and I don't know if this is the nuns themselves, but they are very accepting of odd things. Well, they're odd. They are odd, but they, they they look for the acceptance in things that are really not that acceptable. Yeah. There's almost too much um, compassion there sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you have to temper it with a little bit of legality. You fucking like, weirdo I... bastard flipping <laughs> pedos. That's what you need to temper it with. He's like, come on, nuns. He stole someone from Spain. And brought her, and then she was already pregnant because the sister Monica Joan then goes on. When she turned up at the boat, the cops were really concerned, but the priest realized she was already pregnant, so they had to get married. Oh my God, what's happening here? I mean, and this woman is now trapped. She has 25 children, 24 children. Never had a period, 25 children. Get to the period bit because, yeah, that's a later discussion. But yeah, so. she and Sister Evangelina, Sister Monica Jane goes, Ah, oh, see, everyone thinks I'm dementia, but I remember everything. Bum, bum, bum. She's just fucking. She remembers me. bums. She remembers bums. I'd remember bums. I'd remember bums. Good bums? Good bums. Baby's bums. Jenny's Slap bums. Them. Make them breathe. She's sliding off bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, and then the phone rings and Jenny's sitting there just chatting with her mates and Sister Evangelina's like, right, I'm first call and you're going with me. They have no time off. What hours are they working? Because Jenny's like already done a full day. We've seen her cycling all around Poplar, to be fair. Aimlessly. Aimlessly, because she has no fucking sense of geography. And she gets lost. And then Monica Jo is like, come on. No, not Monica Jo. Yeah, let's start that again so you can edit that out. Sister Evangelina (laughs) says that, come on, you're with me. You're coming with me. And Jenny's like, okay. I would be like, I've already done 15 hours. I've already done a lot of hours. I just want to sleep. They have no quality of life in this place. Yeah, no but it doesn't, it doesn't suit the narrative. True. That's all I'm saying. Heidi's not going to write them sleeping. Well, she should. <laughs> Heidi, if you're listening. Heidi! <laughs> Heidi, we disapprove of the slavery that you're shoving down our faces. So, because I just wrote in my notes, shift pattern. What hours have they got a contract? They have no social life. What hours? Yeah, but this is pre the seventies. We didn't have contracts of employment. We didn't have equal pay. We didn't have rights. No rights. There are no, no rights. rights. They have no rights. To be honest, nurses still don't have rights. People are still like, stop complaining. Go and work in the plague. And if you die. No one's going to care. Yeah, right. but you've got a mask. What more do you want? It's true. We do have masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. People are clapping for us on a Thursday. Right. Well, claps claps make you special. They give you superpowers. What more do you they want? Do. I'm, I'm going to go and pay for my next Tesco shop with claps. I'm going to go. Off. I've heard this is the acceptable way to show appreciation. So thank you. Give me my loaf of bread. Right, <laughs> he moves forward, and Sister Evangelina is monologuing at a very bedraggled and tired Jenny, who's like, I had no idea you could just go to a scene this quickly. I didn't realize I just usually bumble around Poplar, but we're going the direct route. Sister Evangelina goes, Right, there are 80 to 100 babies born a month in Poplar, and women have baby after baby, and thus it was and ever shall be. Be. Amen. Amen. Until they invent a magical potion. Ooh, progesterone. The pill. The pill. Which no, no, happen- penicillin. That created the sex wave. Penicillin. People are not. People don't give a shit about getting pregnant. People get a shit about getting getting syphilis. Well, you should speak to Pearl about that because she does Ooh. have. Ooh. I don't need to speak to her. I can smell her. Oh, don't be like that. I feel bad for Pearl. Poor Pearl. But yeah. No. Pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Pearls of discharge. Right. <laughs> so then they, so this is Muriel's story, the kind of middle story. So they arrive at Muriel's house and there's a baby in a pram outside just looking a bit like, you know, I live here. But it doesn't say anything because it's a baby. And then the mum answers the door and it's like, oh, it's you. Oh, then, hello. hello. I'm from the East End. I'm such a caricature. Really pushing those stereotypes. And then they give the baby a jam sandwich and they're like, there you go. And the baby's like, thanks. And I worked it out that baby will be like 13 now, 12, 13. Now? Yeah. So Born in 1957 and it's 13 now. 
Well, you're, it's maybe it's like you, maybe ages like you, because you're about 100,000 years old. No, you? I'm not that old. Okay, sorry. I was How born in 1980, no, 19, no. Oh, it's so long ago, I can't even remember. Yeah, because you weren't born, you were like formed in clay. By yeah, form. like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Moulded out of mud. You were. You're like me and all. Yeah. 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 Okay. So she turns up and I love... Makes sex thing. a bit messy. Because you're made of clay. Yeah. It melts. <laughs> How hot does it get? <laughs> really, really hot. Friction is very um, heat inducing. God. So someone must, like, the other half must, like, their arm must be like a blur. No, we, we I, yeah. Oh, it's like too fast. A whole arm. Wow. A whole, no, no, I went, I went somewhere else for a minute. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just a I've whole I've never arm. tried that. I might have to. Well, the night is young. You're you never clearly heard. far, far sexually advanced than I am. Clearly. Do you like a whole arm? Not a whole arm, because that would be a bit much. Maybe like, anyway. So, <laughs> stop showing me your forearms. Sorry, I apologise. I'm a married woman. Right. I'm not flirting with you, I'm flirting with Sam. Okay. Sam's showing us her forearms. Everyone's just being very extra gay today. Okay, right, back to the notes. This is the purpose of this podcast. So Jenny goes to Muriel's house and her mum's there and they go in. And Muriel says she's 22 and she's having her fourth baby. And she says, I don't want an enamora. And then, um, enamora? Is it Isn't that the, the, like, king of Saudi Arabia? An emora? I thought, like, an enemy, which is, like... From... Oh, a sea animal. Yeah, an enemy. Yeah. An enemy, an enemy, Anyway, enema. So she has an enema. And Sister Evangelina gets, like... A rusty metal tin can and fills it with soapy water and they shove it up her butt. And she's really sad about this, which I'm with her for that. And Jenny is, by the way, throughout this whole scene, Jenny's just, every time she's asked to do something, she's just like, Ugh, how dare you ask me? You're disgusting yeah. bastards asking me to do things. I'm <laughs> middle class. She is. She's like throwing some major shade. Like, I'm sorry, Jenny, are we interrupting your fucking day or something? I thought you were here to work. No, <sighs> she's not there to work. Okay. So then they ha there's a moment where they have to change the bed because Muriel's waters break and they have to change the bed while she's on the... She has changed the linen on the bed while she's on the bed. The and newspaper. Yeah. And Je Jenny's horrified, like, there's newspaper on this bed. And Sister Evangelina's like, well, how else are they going to protect the mattress? And Jenny's clearly like, I live in a world where people can buy mattresses every single day. I hate her so much. I hate her too. <laughs> Stupid Jenny. Stupid like, Jenny. Fucking Jen. She's so judgy. Okay, so the mum is nice to Jenny, the new mum who's giving birth. She's like, don't worry, Jenny, I'm here, stick with me, I'm an old hand. And while she's doing this, it's kind of foreshadowing because the chimney or the fire is, is puttering, it's throwing her to the love suit. Jenny is really passive aggressive when asked to do anything. That's what it says on my notes. So the baby is then born 
special effects for the babies i think they're quite good they are quite good they're better than the uh, special effects for the background scenes explain well there's just shit background scenes that boat did not exist even though it's my favorite boat how do you know it didn't exist well it existed in real life it just didn't exist when they filmed how do you know because i know i've read the book (laughs) okay so (laughs) this is a podcast this is you're supposed to speak so <laughs> the baby is born and it's a boy. Yay! And then the fire explodes and everyone's covered in soot. And Evangelina is really quick thinking and covers the baby. And they're all coughing and covered in soot. And it's like, Struth, how on earth I'll fling that chimney sweep. And then they have a general bit of chatter and a bit of a laugh. And then Jenny's kind of like, ha 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 ha, I'm covered in soot. And Evangelina's like, no, bitch, get back to work. Have you checked the cord? And I love that. I love that Evangelina's just all business. Bringing it back. She's exactly. bringing it back. I also like Sister Vange. <laughs> Sister Vange. Are we, is that what we're calling her? I love Sister Vange. She is amazing. I love her. Yeah. Why I, would you use a whole name when you can just call her Vange? Because it sounds like flange. and that makes Yeah, me... and that's why I like it. Because it sounds like flange. Yeah. Who doesn't like a flan? Oh, no. No, I'm thinking of flan. Yeah. I've never tried a flan. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so (laughs) cut to the next scene. (laughs) Uh, Guys, uh, just to give you a visual representation, our producer is so ashamed of this podcast, she is now drinking... Lies. She's been drinking the entire way through, but she's just making a point of it this time. Um, so then Trixie, Cynthia and Jenny are having toast in the kitchen. And I like this scene because it shows that they're bonding and nothing really get, happens. Like they don't have a big chat, but it's nice to show that they're friends now. Yeah. And then friends... We don't see the bedrooms at this point, really, do we? I mean, I know it's the old Nanatus and it's a different layout, but so much of the social scenes of the later seasons happen in the bedrooms particularly Trixie's and whoever she's sharing with at the time. But in this, the, the real social stuff happens much more in the communal areas. It's very, it's a very, it gives it a very different feel. It gives it a very different feel. Dormitories, like the girls are having some toast. And also, they're so young. Don't they look young? Trixie looks so young. So young, like got so much trauma ahead of her she has bless her she's lovely we love trixie we love trixie shout out for the trixies whoa we love trixie so then fred arrives and asks if jenny likes toffee apples and i love that he was a dodgy dealer at the start like yeah that's that's all gone i miss that he's like the del boy of poplar he was and now he's like straight as an arrow because he's married to violet but he was dodgy in this this, the first couple of things dodgy it was great so, and they talk about how he sold ginger beer to kids, but it was alcoholic ginger beer. And it's like, Fred, you rogue. I love rogue. Did I imagine this? But I'm pretty sure that somebody walks past somebody and says, oh, hello, Mr. G. And I'm like, is that Violet's husband before he died? Did I, did I make that up in my head? I didn't pick up on that. Oh, you mm-hmm. need to go back and rewatch it. 
I need to watch it again. I, I can't remember where it happened in the episode, but somebody walks past somebody and says, oh, hello, Mr. Something, and it sounds like G. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that Violet's husband? And I can't remember if we know in canon where Violet's husband dies. Doesn't she say he died in the war? Oh, well, I'm wrong then. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> No, he might. I'll, well, I will go back and watch it. We'll Sam, see. if he doesn't, if he dies in the war, edit this shit out. We don't need it. Sounds like okay. So then, it, it then it shows like a time period, and it doesn't really give us a specific time period. But I'm assuming a quite a lot of time goes. So it starts with Jenny and Cynthia squealing as they run down the stairs with because it's raining, and then it it's just jenny cycling around poplar yet again she's just so aimless she just cycles everywhere for fucking fun because she never learns geography she's always lost it's a metaphor for her life she's lost in life so she's lost in poplar i know she's very lost. she doesn't know where she's going so she doesn't know where she's going hey same right let's not shame people for that we sometimes we don't know where we're going and that's okay i know where i'm going i'm going to the freezer for more fingers yeah okay as long as you have a plan, I'm happy for you. Thanks. Good. So then it's the clinic, and then there's like a sea of prams outside the clinic. There's like 14 babies all in different prams. And I love the fact that this time period, everyone's like, no one's going to steal a kid because everybody's pregnant. Like, no one's got room to steal a child. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all like, fuck it. We don't care. And then they're setting up. Um, for their clinic and there's a mother smoking and then jenny's doing checks and then again they're cycling around popular so it's clearly showing that there's been a long period of time where jenny's getting to grips with stuff and she's then it's getting experience she's becoming a midwife yeah good for her i don't like jenny no so i then... don't like jenny <laughs> And then Conchita, we're back to Conchita, Mrs. Warren. So Jenny goes for another check and um, she's invited for tea. And they go into the like the kitchen and all the kids are eating from this one pot. And she's like, there are no pots, there's no plates. And she goes, we just ate from a spoon. And that's fine. Okay. And I like the fact that everyone kind of lives in poverty and it's so bad at this point that no one gives a shit. They're like, we don't have crockery. We just have millions of children. Well, it was all broken in the blitz. It was. It was. There was a lot of bombs. Yeah, there was. There's no crockery left. It's all been it's smashed. Post-war. Well, yeah, but they haven't had enough time to make any. There's, the Marshall Plan wasn't generous enough to make pottery plants. What, what did this Marshall Plan cover then? Because it doesn't cover getting rid of the rubble. It doesn't make pots. What does it cover? I think it just gave money to politicians. So nothing's really changed then? No. Uh, for people who have to go to castles for opticians' appointments. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so Jenny then is like checking Conchita's Wii. And, um, and Mr... Mr. Warren's like, oh, that doesn't ask stink. And she goes, well, Conchita's ankles are really swollen because she might have preeclampsia. And then Mr. Warren goes, oh, you can only have that in your first or second pregnancy. And she's had 24. And this is her 25th. And Jenny is super smug. She's like, well, her ankles are swollen. But then it's a shit midwife because she doesn't give any more information about what preeclampsia is and what the risks are and what they should be wary of. So Jenny's just a shit communicator all around, really. She should yeah. be giving them a bit more information. And um, again, Mr. Warren says he can't 
speak no Spanish because they understand <laughs> each other. And I, I just, every time I watch The language it, of love has no Language words. of love. But she was under 14 when the love began and it's sick and wrong. And I do not appreciate Mr. Pedo. Right. So then it creeps over to the clinic and Muriel, who's the lady who had the baby with the sooty, with the, the fire explosion, she comes in with the baby. <laughs> and oh, who was having a fist fight in the street at the start of the thing. Yeah, she's coming for a checkup, and it's kind of shown that pearls are down and out. Like Muriel's looking down on her. She's like, "Your youngest is just pissed on the floor," and Pearl's like, "We're trying to potty train him, but we've given up." So Pearl then goes in for a check because she's prego, and Jenny is visibly disgusted from the first second she enters the room. She's like, "You stink!" And I'm like, "Jenny, man." If you've trained to be a nurse and you've trained to be a midwife, you will have met smelly people. And actually, yeah. it's about being polite. And it is about being polite. But to be honest, that's to be fair, most women that go down on me have the same experience. So is it because of the syphilis? Yeah. <laughs> I can't get rid of the cankers. Beautiful. There's that's no amount of penicillin that will make that smell all look good. Blue waffle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an image. It's beautiful. It is an image. <laughs> would, you you, would you like to see it? I can I get it out now for you podcast. if you like. Maybe after the podcast, because I feel like our okay. producer would like to see it. Would you like to see it, producer? Just give us a nod. Oh, she's she's well into this. She's lube, she's got some Vaseline. She's just greasing herself yeah. big. Well, no, I think she's just moving like buttons to be honest what 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 do producers do do they like move things to edit what's that all about just sliding dials up just being sliding like dials sliding dials that's what you the slide are. my dial any day oh, love you slide um, my dial sliding a pile anyway so pearl then goes for i'm trying to keep this about call the midwife and you fuckers are going off tangents we've been talking for one and a half hours so pearl yeah, but we need stuff to, for the edit she's got to edit all the shit out <laughs> she's not going to edit fuck all she's going to be like they're just going to have it as it is no really everyone's going to know about your blue waffle honestly yeah people i've got five blue waffles Five fannies. <laughs> it's just like Greek. Five cankers on my blue one. <laughs> what you need is a hot spoon. I'm never going to get laid in this fondom, am I? <laughs> you could do. I think, like, you just, and all the lesbians are like, ready for us. Her body is ready. And they'll all, like, run. Like that woman who was on the rowboat and she came from Russia. No, Spain. No, it's Russia. Who, who are we talking about now? We're not talking about Conchita. No, no, we're not about Conchita. So this lesbian, she had a lover in America. She, she got a rowboat and rowed across the Atlantic just for her lover. Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously. Was she butch? I just, I'd imagine by the time she fucking got to America, she was ripped to fuck so she was pretty yeah, butch probably. so even if she was a butch before she got on the rowboat she was butch Charlie, when she got off it if she's yeah. coming from Russia was she cross the Atlantic to America I don't know 
is there another ocean between America? Could she and not go to? Could she not go to Alaska, where it's like the shortest point? Yeah, but it's very cold up there. Yeah, but it's still like shorter. No. Well, we're all about efficiency as lesbians, aren't we? Surely. I feel like she was so in love, she got lost and was like, "Fuck it, I'll go the long way around." Just to like Jenny in Poplar. Yeah, just Jenny. Like I'm just gonna fuck around Poplar. And I've got a lover in America and I'm just going to go all around Europe before I get to fucking America. She had to buy us some chocolates from Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. And, um, some pan- mussels from France. Mussels from France. and um, Some sausage from Germany. Love a bit of sausage. And, and some blog. Guinness from oh. Ireland. Yeah, so she had to do all of that before she went to meet her because you can't meet your long-term... It's like a round-the-world quiz. Is this what this is? She was Phileas Fogg. Oh, I love him. The cartoon's amazing. Yeah, the cartoon is good, but she didn't do it in a hot air balloon. She just do it in a boat, boat. In a boat. I like to think of it as one of those swan peddlers. (laughs) 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 <laughs> my thighs couldn't cope with that <laughs> she was like I'm so in love the power of my love is making this swan continue to swim Charlie call the midwife Fucking right, call the midwife fuck's sake right okay so, I hope your editing skills are good that's all I'll say okay so then it's the clinic and Pearl lays down and Jenny is going to do not her- for the first time. Not for the We're first time. That. Let's not, yeah. let's not, no, no, no. Let's not slut shame, okay? If that's She's what, a slut. Like, let's face it. No, Come on. This is her husband. Her husband sleeps with other women and gave her syphilis. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to me too. Yeah. That's how you got syphilis. Your husband. That is how I got syphilis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Pearl is then laying down and Jenny's like, I think I'd like you to check your piss. And she's like, oh, come on. This is the first time I've laid down. Just check me flange and then I'll go and piss in a vial for you. And Jenny's like, okay. Um, hang on, hang on. Let's talk about the indignity of the way she just flicks off her knickers. Oh, yeah. She's used to doing that. She just drops she them. She is used to doing that. She just flicks them off. Like I do so- that at the end of the night when I'm going to bed and I like drop my pants, pyjamas on. Knickers on the floor. Gee, well, okay, but I like to flick mine up and try and catch them. I feel like that my hand-eye coordination needs the practice. Yeah, I can go. I could buy that. I sometimes do that. Do you try and get them in the laundry basket? No, I just try and flick them up in the air, and then catch them, and then I throw them into the laundry basket. Okay, I feel, I, I I can see that. I do something similar. Uh, podcast listeners, if anybody else throws their knickers in the air when they're trying to get ready for bed and then see if their hand-eye coordination, we'll see if it's a lesbian thing or if it's just Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a sporty thing. We'll ask Cactus. She's sporty. You're sporty, aren't you? Me, no. You're sporty. Well, you could have some competitive... Anyway, call the... I'm not competitive. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Anyway, so Pearl is on the bed and Jenny um, is visibly revolted by the scent of this woman's vagina. Like, she's shuddering, she's shaking, she can't deal with it. Um, and then she looks, to, and Pearl goes, oh, okay, have a little look. And Jenny goes fingers in 
straight Ooh, straight into the gunk. She doesn't even like check it out first. She's just like instantly two fingers. And I'm like, that's how you know she's a virgin. And she checks out and she's like, did you know about this? Because clearly she felt a canker. And um, and Pearl's like, the little thing in my down belows. Oh, yeah, I've known about that for a while. Can't see it now because my baby belly's so long. So what we know from that is Pearl's been fingering herself. Okay, that was a weird reach. I wasn't seeing it this, but continue. Please, please elaborate. Well, if she can feel it and it's inside, I'm just saying. Well, you'd have a fit. When you're having a wee, you wipe, don't you? You feel. I don't wipe inside. Not inside, but the canker's like around but, her lips. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, is it? Okay, so I, I got the impression. I got the impression that Jenny was right up there with two fingers. She might be, but I feel, feel like Jenny's just extra. Because she wants to be a really good midwife. So she's gone like... So she's having a thumb deep. feel she's at the three same time. Deep and then she feels Two fingers deep and a thumb's exploring on the outside. Is, yeah. they, is that where we're going? She's kind of like, you know, checking the whole like that. geographical area. You know, do, 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 do. Oh, no, I felt a syphilitic canker. Well, they say shanker, but I've always said canker. I feel like right. I'm wrong in this. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about syphilis to really answer these questions but well you... i only know i only know enough about tertiary syphilis because that's what's made me a little bit insane so i don't know about the early stages of syphilis yeah you just have it majorly yeah i'm tertiary what can i say so anyway jenny then panics <laughs> because she's just touched an std ridden fanny so she kind of like casts off her glove nearly jump falls over the treatment bay nearly jumps out like she panics hella dramatic and then she's really judgy and she's like oh oh bombing and then the next scene we see that jenny's like scrubbing her hand she's trying to get rid of the syphilis going it's like lady macbeth the blood has got to come off it's really lady macbeth she's like lady macbeth (laughs) and then sister julian channeling her she's channeling a bit of lady macbeth who is another pain in the ass? So yeah. So then Julienne walks in and is like, um, Dr. Turner's checked it and it is indeed syphilis. Um, and she does indeed a risk because she might lose her baby. And Jenny's like, still scrubbing, couldn't give a fuck. She's like, fuck her. I touched her fanny. Let me continue to scrub. And Julian's going, when I first joined district midwifery, I found it difficult to hide my revulsion and then jenny turns around and is all like oh woe is me my problems are bigger than anybody else's and she's like i'm so sorry i didn't know people live like this fuck off jenny (laughs) but there's i have to say in that scene i felt like jenny's line readings were a little bit off i felt like i don't know i i felt like a a different actress on a different day may have given those line readings a little bit differently and might have been a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more understanding, but still disgusted. You could have played that scene so many different ways. Jenny, and I think stick. I think the, the interplay between Jenny and uh, Sister Julianne was slightly off. Yeah, because Julianne is just like, Stop being a dramatic bitch. We're really busy. You're going to see a lot of syphilitic fannies in your time. You may as well. You just really get off. are. There's going to I be think, all sorts. The thing is, though, 
this like in healthcare and nursing and midwifery you are going to see people that are at very difficult points in their life and it's about it's not about you and it's not about how you would live your life you are here to protect and to empathize and care for this individual and Jenny just doesn't do that Jenny comes she doesn't. In and is like she doesn't but at the end of the day it's it's her story and her life is about her so she is the main character in her life she does she doesn't give she's the center of her own universe she is the starring character she's the oscar-winning actress of her own life and everybody else is a support player but on a serious note i do feel like if you're working in healthcare and stuff like that i wasn't joking what do you mean on a serious (laughs) note fuck off (laughs) That's true. She is an she's like she's Meryl Streep getting her Oscar, and we're all like, "What a dick!" So moving on <laughs> to the next scene, Jenny is lying in her bed of pain. She's just sitting there. <gasps> no one loves me. I had to touch her. Had to touch her syphilitic fanny today. No one cares. And then someone knocks on the door, and Sister Monica Joan turns up and gives Jenny a pot plant that's been pulled out of the soil, and is like, "Please care for this pot plant." And I think it's supposed to have a greater meaning. It's supposed to mean like, you know, spring will come and we'll all grow and develop. And that's a beautiful message. It's it tenuous. It's tenuous. tenuous. It it's a random moment. It's Heidi trying to be pretentious and trying to be a writer and it doesn't quite work, let's face it. Kind of like this podcast. There are, um, there are going to be parts of this podcast that later on we're going to go, why did we do that? We were far too pretentious. We missed a whole thing. Or maybe Probably. I Probably. Not you. You're perfect. I'm just checking. Uh, yeah, I am perfect. Why the fuck am I here with you lot? Oh, shade. But you are perfect. And we're very glad that you're here, Kim, because we would just be rubbish without you. So then back to Conchita. Conchita is putting out laundry outside because she can never leave the house. She's trapped. She doesn't speak the English language. She's been abducted from her homeland and she's had 24 children. So she can't do anything. So she's putting up the laundry. And she falls on a toy and hits her head. And oh, I is... cried at this point. I really felt this emotionally. But when you watch it, there's no way she could have got that bad a concussion from that little toy. Why not? She the corner the of the slab hit her in the face. No, it didn't. It was just a toy train. Because oh. I slowed this down and watched it. And I was like, oh, she is... <laughs> The piss of it. She's like, geek. Oh, have a geek. Uh, Just saying, geek. <laughs> so then, then it flips back to Jenny, who. So it's obviously no, no, don't, and... don't flip because that whole um, pea super of London was actually quite a big thing. That happened a lot, and that was, you know, that from a historical point of view, that's quite interesting. Um, we've moved we've moved on so much from the point of view where there was so much pollution in the air that people couldn't even see at certain times that's that's amazing that's a really good thing and actually jericho another 1950s uh, period piece based on a detective there's a whole plot around somebody dying or being murdered in a pea super yeah the smog the smog of london and birmingham a lot of there's a whole there's a whole act to stop it. The Clean Air Act. Yeah. Now I'm getting geeky. You move no, no, on Move on. Move on. Because there's no smog That's in London. That's Cactus. That's her domain. She's the one from the Environment Agency. Oh, my God. We're not supposed to be giving people information. 
Is this cactus here, our producer? I can't tell. Hang on. No. That's her twin. Uh, yeah. Just generic butch lesbian. Brunette, I like it. Love. Okay. I like it. So then Jenny has gone to Pearl's house or flat and is giving her a penicillin injection. And Pearl looks very downtrodden. And again, she takes off her knickers. Thank you. Um, she takes off her Why knickers. Why wouldn't a girl take off her knickers for another That's girl? I don't understand. Why is that odd? Knickers off. You would Why be is like, it odd? Try and catch it. I don't even wear them. That's how quick I am. Fair enough. That's because you're covered in Vaseline, I'm assuming. They just slide right off. Sexy. I'm anyway. so sexy. So Jenny then says to Pearl, Pearl says, is this going in the bum or the arm? And Jenny's like, no, it's going Always in the arm. Always the bum. Always the bum. High days and holidays. Let me tell <laughs> We've just learned. We're learning a lot about each other today, aren't we? I could give you a really nerdy information about why it goes in the bum. Because basically, if something's very oily, if it's an oily thing, it's going in the ass. But if it's more water, um, it goes in the deltoid muscle. There you go. But it's always the deltoid, and then it makes it swell. And it well, looks it good for photos. And then they're good for, like, Tinder. Is that how you do it? Do you just inject stuff into your arms? Yeah. Like, pop yeah. up? Yeah. Da -da 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 -da. Go on to look for my olive. Big arms, and yeah. that—that's what the girls want. That's what the girls. So Kim is clearly on um, apps. So if anybody would like to talk to Kim from this effort, just look for a woman with Popeye-style arms. She's about two foot, and with gigantic arms. And um, I'm all your based. I am all your based. That's all what I'm saying. And she sometimes likes to that. Vaseline up her fanny, so good luck. No, with that, no, everybody. I no. I Vaseline up the seat. There's a okay. difference. Make it weird. Okay, fair enough. I take that. You're odd if you're Vaseline yourself up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Flaps. That would just be unhygienic. Yeah, yeah. You're so, weird. Jenny. So then, Conchita is concussed, and she can hear the baby crying in the background, and she's kind of like, "Un ma baby, un ma baba," and then the daughter is that Martina, Spanish. Yeah, is that Spanish? Yeah, it sounded Portuguese to me. Well, I don't speak Spanish or Portuguese, so I'm glad that I got in that kind of area. And then the teenage daughter finds her, is like, "Mama, mama," and that's the end of that scene. And then they're Jenny's... not, they're not middle class. Fuck off! It's not mama. Mama, 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 Fuck's sake, people are hungry. I know you haven't even got to wash up. You've just got to put all the food in a bowl and then we'll just you eat it with our spoons. And they're, still a, they're eating stew. Who gives a shit? That's all they, they eat. Do you think she's Can you imagine like... feeding 24? Oh, fuck that. Christmas is bad enough. There's only five people. Right. So then Jenny's back in her bed of pain. So I like this that she's like back there. She's like, I'm so exhausted. Because obviously there is no contract. So she can work whatever hours she wants. And then Trixie turns up with the Horlicks. Oh, we love Trixie. Oh, Trixie fancies Jenny. Okay. Trixie, Trixie does fancy Jenny. Yeah. Kind of wild bisexual energy around Jenny. And in the later series, she's not that interested in the other midwives, but in the early series, Trixie bums Jenny. Every time Jenny just turns up, Trixie's like, oh, you're so amazing. I love you. How are you with Jenny? Do you have a relationship? Uh, 
And this is weird because obviously Trixie is the more experienced midwife. Yeah. So if anybody's going to have the superiority or the upper hand and not be the bottom, it's not going to be Trixie. But Trixie is the bottom for Jenny. She's the bottom for the Jenny. I don't know whether because Jenny's so tall. I mean, how do you find... Do Maybe you find, it's like, the, the eyebrows. She does have excellent eyebrows. Her eyebrows are on fleek. Yeah. yeah you were going to ask me a question? Yeah, how does it work for you? Like, if they're taller than you, are you the bottom? Is that how it works? No, no. No, I just go down on everyone. That's how it works. Is that because it's, like, the right height? Yeah, basically. I feel more comfortable on my knees. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, so Jenny's back in her bad bed of pain. And Trixie comes in with a Horlicks. And Trixie says, oh, she... Jenny's like... How do you feel? It's so horrible out there. And Trixie kind of goes, when I first turned up, I thought I deserved a medal. But then I realised the mothers were the real hero. And I really like... Hero! She's a hero. I mean, if I had to squeeze a baby out of my fangita, I would feel like I deserved a medal because that's a big deal. I mean, not to make this disgusting. And Sam, you can cut this out. So we'll do a little pause so you can edit out. Sometimes when you're having a big poo, like you can cut that off. Yeah, but you can't do that with a baby because that would no. make a very dark turn where you just chopped off the head and then carried but on. But also the relief of a big poo must be comparable to the relief of getting that shitting busted baby out of you. I just feel like it's a lot of effort. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole baby. I try and think of your biggest poo and then compare it in size. It's a lot. I couldn't do it. I could. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it either. I, I struggle with a big poo, I'll be honest with you. That's why I eat so many dates, but, yeah. Do you have a bit of prune juice? Yeah, a little bit. I have to I have to lube things up in there. Vaseline? Yeah, basically. Okay. Slick it out, slick it out. It's good for you and you're working and you're healthy. Um, so, Sam, you can cut that whole section out if you want. That was just more of a segue. So... Trixie then says to Jenny that, oh, at some point you should come out for a dance with me and Cynthia. You should come out for a... And she kind of says, let's go to the church hall where they have a nice barn dance and their lives are so boring. They are so boring, but they are so of that time. And Trixie just deserves love. Trixie, I don't care if it's man or woman. Trixie deserves love. We we all think Trixie deserves love. It's not so bad because you know at the start Trix is like, oh, I can't wait to meet someone. And then 10 years later, you're like, oh, Trixie. There was and she's still a virgin. Still a virgin. Oh, plot spoiler. Oh, Sam, edit that out. But <laughs> but also, I feel like Trixie probably isn't a virgin from herself at that within 10 years. There must have been a moment. Oh, she, she, she she's fingered she's around. She's fingered around. Yeah. That's why she's so perky. That Well, that's how she got over the alcohol. Is She was like, I'm just going to wank my way to sobriety. Yeah. That's oh. how I did it. Oh, hang on. No, it's not actually. <laughs> did you get like a friction burn? Was it because you said earlier that it was like plasticine and it melts? So did you really like... No, no, I said mud. I did not say plasticine. I was you don't even remember your own jokes. I was imagining like a Wallace and Gromit type fanny. Da, 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 da
<laughs> no, it's definitely more mud-based. A mud-based vagina. Yeah, because I'm made out of clay. This is true. But I'm thinking more plasticine clay. At least I'm not made out of salt. That would be worse. Yeah, like Lot's wife. Right. Yeah. So then Trixie asks Jenny if she's got a bloke. And Jenny's like, oh, no, of course not. And then Trixie kind of goes, well, you look lovelorn. And the bisexual energy. I remember being 16 and talking to a girl I liked and being like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, but maybe you're interested in someone. That's not a energy in this scene. She's just got some mad bisexual energy. And then Jenny then goes, I've been in love with a man since I've been 17, but I can't have him. Because he's married with children, Jenny. And he's old. And you're not in love at 17. Fuck off, bitch. It's all bullshit. It's bullshit. It's a plot device and we hate you, Heidi. And we never meet that man. It's never explored further. It's just His name's Gerald and he's a wanker. And he has children and he's married. And it's like, Jenny, go find someone else. Which he right. does, and they all die. Yeah, they all do die. Her <laughs> vagina is cursed. Like, everyone who goes near her vagina just dies, apart from the bloke she marries, which we meet. She's got else. a toxic vagina that just kills men off. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then takes a call about Kanjita from Mr. Wallace, the pervert himself. And he rings and he's like, oh, no, she's fallen. She's hit her head and she's got a concussion. And she, Jenny's like, don't fucking call me, Mr. Wallace. First of all, I'm not on duty. And second of all, call the fucking hospital. And Mr. Wallace is like, no, 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 no. She's giving birth. You need to get here right now. She's giving birth. There's a baby. She's crowning. Come here quickly. And Jenny's like, oh, okay. Uh, I can't be asked, to be honest. (laughs) That would be, I'd be like, not interested. I just want to go to bed. It's been a long shift a bed of pain she's been working she's been cycling poplar all day and then she goes down and talks to sister julianne and trixie's like i should go with you and julianne's like no 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 fuck jenny she needs to learn you need to stay here trixie because god knows what's going to happen for the rest of the evening and this yes like- i'm the more experienced midwife i need you the newbie <laughs> does not need you trixie you're not there you don't get this scene you get your plot lines later on this is not for you bitch. this is just Jenny's arcing theme. This is where we get to know Jenny. You'll get your own episode. Fuck Jenny's you, the star. Back off, bitch. You're a bit player at this point. <laughs> but Trixie loves Jenny. So Trixie's like, I need to go and support her. And Julianne's like, no. We never know. We have no idea what else is going to happen. And then it's a very anxiety-provoking moment because as she leaves, um, Julianne's like, God be with you. And Trixie's like, good luck, Jenny, I love you. Oh, and I want to sleep with you, you're my friend, and I want to send your guns. I love you. And then um, <laughs> she's given a police escort by Chubby's future husband, and they, they're cycling through this fog, and, and he's useless, by the way. He's like, come on. And then he leaves her. He doesn't do anything else. He just takes her to the house, and then he's like, bye-bye. All right, fuck <laughs> off, bitch. Get on with it. Do your job. So Jenny then arrives, and she's shitting a brick. And um and they open the what, door. A whole brick. A whole brick. A whole brick. You wouldn't know because you're always eating prunes and stuff and vaseline in your asshole. Yeah, but she's got a stick up her ass. How can she eat a brick at the same time? Or that's how you loosen it. How can she shit a brick and have a stick up there? That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe she pulls the stick out and that's how the brick falls out. Oh, so the so the stick is wedging the brick up there. Yeah, it's holding it up there. 
Wow, okay. I'm learning something about the posh people. Yep, posh people have bricks and sticks. So well, Jenny, we, we need to ask Zoe about this. She's posh. <gasps> no, we need to ask habits and bicycles. She's posh. She is very posh. She's posh. We'll ask her about sticks and bricks. So then Jenny arrives at Conchita's house and Conchita is screaming in the background and um, she comes into the room and she's very nervous. And Mr. Warren's like, I've never lost one nurse. And I'm like, first of all, Mr. Warren, you've done nothing but harm the situation from the get-go. You've stolen this woman from Spain, impregnated her as a child and then continuing to kind of hold a hostage in house. You don't get to another, you're not allowed to talk anymore in this scene. I've, I've just cancelled you out. I don't care about you. He's all about his own dick. That's he all is. he cares about. He just cares about his willy. Ugh. So then Jenny goes, oh my God, in a minute, because Conchita's severely concussed, despite the fact that she just slightly bounced off a toy train. She's clearly had <laughs> a, a very terrible head concussion. But bordering brain injury at this point so she starts to have kind of like a seizure <laughs> fit where she's like ah and he kind of mr warren kind of pins her down it's very dramatic and jenny he, like, he's pinned her down for her whole life that's yeah. nothing new emotionally he's just helped had her pinned the entire time and now we get to see it physically on the screen um, so then Jenny goes, don't worry, in a minute, moment, the urge to push will take over through her psychosis or brain injury. And Maureen, the teenage daughter, is, is kind of sobbing in the corner. And Jenny is terrible in this situation. She doesn't yeah. ever know, we should remove the child from this site. We, sh we should, shouldn't see her mother like this. She's crying. She's just like, hold her down. And that's it. Um, and then Make then her push. Do it. <laughs> Get it out, bitch. Do it, do it now, you fucking Spanish cow. It's a very different episode. So then the baby is born and Jenny's, Jenny doesn't do anything at this point. She looks down and goes, this baby is dead. And everyone kind of goes, well, she's a midwife. Oh, she knows. She knows. Then she then knows. This baby, this newborn baby in a bowl by the window and just kind of yeets it off. It's like, I no longer need to question this. I just need to worry about the mother. I know um, better. It's gone. Exactly. But she doesn't even check a pulse or anything. It's ridiculous. She's a shit midwife. She's shit. a shit nurse. Terrible. So um, Conchita's very weak and she's like, where is my baby? And um, and Miss Sangria, sangria, sangria. <laughs> and then... Um, Mr. Warren's like, no baby, no baby. We've got no baby this time. It's gone. We've lost one, love. It's gone. It's gone. No more babies. Um, and then the baby starts crying. Ah, the magic of called the midwife. Oh, Babies never die. That's where the tears come. That is, I started crying at this point. I it's very emotional. Yeah. And um, and Jenny's Daddy's like, oh bitch. my god, I completely forgot to check the pulse of the baby. Turns out it's alive. Oh, She's it's gonna be cold. Literally cracked open the window to make it even worse before I carried on with this scene. So Jenny's like, it must be so cold. Someone get a blanket. And um, and then the flying squad arrives. <gasps> the the flying squad, the sweeney of the NHS. Honestly, they just turn up and they're like, get out of the way, babies. We're in charge. I'm middle class and I'm educated. I'll yeah. take this situation over, you dumb poplar weirdos. Exactly. And there's a scene where he goes, she's already had 25 babies. And he's like, 25? My God, if you value this woman's life, you'll let us take her to hospital. And I'm glad that someone was like, 
25 babies is ridiculous. There's too many babies. But also, don't be judgmental fuck. It's not okay. Yeah, but he's middle class. They're all judgmental fucks. And then Dr. Tanner arrives. Woo! Oh, with good hair. He has good hair this series. Yeah, he's younger as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He still can't act for Toffee, but he's got good hair. Mm, I like Dr. Turner. I don't like Dr. Turner, I'll be honest. Why? He can't act, he's an idiot, and he's fucking the showrunner. That's why he's in the show. Wow. He's got good stitches, we find that out later. He's good at stitching. Excellent. So... Dr. Tyner arrives and doesn't really do anything. Like no. He ends up for later episodes so we know he exists and is a thing. The flying squad then goes, transfusion. She needs to go to hospital. She needs to have blood. She's very, very poorly. She might hemorrhage. And um, and the teenager has to come in and translate because, again, Mr. Warren doesn't speak fucking Spanish. Never bothered to learn his wife's language. The language of love does not have words. The language of love needs to have some practicalities after 25 children. So the doctors are like, come on, we need to we need to take this baby. It's so it's a neonate, it's very poorly. And there is this moment where she goes, No, the mum says in, in Spanish, it's translated. She goes, No, I am his hospital. And oh, I cried. It I cried. Terrible. Like she's got her newborn baby and she's like, I'm his hospital. I'm gonna take care of him. Yeah. But also, as an aside, the last time she was told, Don't worry, just come with me, she ended up in a foreign country with a man that she had to marry pregnant. So, yeah. so she's, she's gonna like, be weary, off. isn't she? She's gonna be like, <laughs> Fuck off, bastards. I ain't going with you, Muppets again. The last time an Englishman told me to come with him, it'll all be fine. I've not seen my family in nearly ten years. I'm not ten going... years, twenty-five babies. What planet are you on? I'm not very good at maths. What's I can maths? tell. Times twenty-five. Twenty-five. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> two babies is one and a half years. Is it? Yeah. But they she had twins. Yeah, but she had twenty-two pregnancies. Oh wow. She's a bitch. She's not a bitch. She's just very pregnant. So um, she must. She must be really, really fertile. She must be. But also, it's like guinea pigs because, like, when guinea pigs, lady guinea pigs have babies, the boy guinea pig comes in and shags them, and then they're instantly pregnant again. And when women have babies, one of the things that my friend had a baby in, when she left the maternity home, they were like, "Do not look at a penis. If you oh, so you're very fertile on a key penis, you will be pregnant. You are the most fertile you will ever be. Never ever go near a penis as soon as you give him birth. That's the rule." Um, um, yeah, that's sound advice. Is this mainly going to be lesbians listening? It. I think it's a rule for life. No, 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 no. We have bisexual women in the fandom. That's true. Bisexual women. No, we won't erase. If you're bisexual and just given birth, do not have sex with a man. Yeah, don't don't go near cock. Go near fanny, but don't go near the cock. You'll be pregnant instantly. Just stay away. If you're horny, see a girl, not a boy. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that we were very inclusive about that. So, Jenny then goes home and is emotionally exhausted by the whole ordeal. And the nuns are singing. Woo! We have this Woo! whole singing. The extra nuns. Oh, my God. Okay. I counted eight nuns. Okay? 
There are four main nuns in the story. You've got Evangelina, Monica Jones. Funge. Who are the other four fucking nuns? And where do they come from? It's never discussed. Like, they're just there singing. It. And where do they come Curly from? Curly Mo. I can't remember <laughs> the Curly rest. Sister... Sister Brenda. Sister Brenda. Just the Sister Brenda. Because they're never discussed. They're, they're never at a, you never see them at the table like, oh, the um, the choir nuns have just gone home. They're knackered. They've had a really good choir practice, but they're doing really well. Is Sister Julienne just a drama queen? Is she a bit of an edge? Ed- yeah, and she, she is. Perfect. She likes the singing. And the other nuns don't have time for midwifery. Mid- 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 because they're doing... The Vespers, the Compline, the Gary, and the Jason. So yeah, very busy. They, 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 they don't have time for anything else. Yeah, is that why they're there? But it just never, it's never discussed. The whole series, there are other nuns throughout this whole Gregorian chant thing that they do. And they never discuss. No one's ever like, oh, I just saw Sister Battleaxe and she was off <laughs> yeah. really tired. She's got some other kind of calling to do and she's a really good singer. It's never discussed and that just annoys me. And as we watch some more episodes, we'll discuss the nuns further. So forward, fast forward and um, Jenny and Sister Julianne are watching Conchita feed the baby with an icing rod slash pipette. Oh, no, no, no. Back up, back up, back up. What is with the flying squad? Saying yeah. how brilliant Jenny is when she did fuck all. Oh, yeah. like, what was that about? So begins everyone thinking Jenny's amazing for not a lot. Jenny's of a fucking tool. Honestly, they're like, this midwife has managed perfectly. I'm like, she literally didn't check to see if the baby was alive. Popped it she in the box. She nearly killed that baby. She nearly killed it. She nearly killed it. She didn't realise that Conchita was hemorrhaging. Until she nearly killed Conchita. She almost <laughs> everybody in that room nearly died because of Jenny. And then they're like, you should kudos. Amazing, Jenny. Amazing. Jenny the Saint. We're gonna rename it Saint Jenny of Nanortus. She's so amazing. We love Jenny. Woo! Good for Jenny. But she was shit. The whole time she was shit. She's crap. I don't know. Terrible, terrible. I agree. Sorry, sorry. I had to get back to that. Sorry. That's a point. So, yeah, Conchita is feeding the baby with an icing rod and pat. And they say, oh, she's feeding the baby every half an hour, eight drops. And then she keeps him wrapped up and keeps him near her boobs. And Julian then is a bit of a mood killer, funeral parlor, and goes, in the old days, we wouldn't know how to keep this baby alive. It would be dead. And it's like, Julian. The mother is in the room, and yes, she can't speak English because, as has already been established, she only speaks Spanish. But don't be a mood killer, man. This baby is still alive. Why are you going to be there like, your baby would be dead? Because Sister Julienne is the moral authority of the episodes. Yeah, but she's miserable. Yeah, exactly. And morality is miserable. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then it, this is a really sad scene, and this did make me cry. Um, and then fast forward to Jenny in Pearl's house. And Jen, Pearl's all curled up on this little chaise lounge. She's really, really sad. And she's lost the baby because she has syphilis. And Jenny kind of turns up and goes, yo, uh, I'm here to give you your treatment. And she's still a dick. 
And Pearl's like, did they tell you that I lost it? And Jenny's like, yes, yes, they did. And she couldn't give a fuck. She couldn't give a fuck. Couldn't give a fuck. She's such a twat in this scene. I'm like, come on, Jenny. Jessica Range, show a bit of heart, bit of range. She, she, She hasn't got that much range in her acting talent, let's face it. I know. And then Pearl's like, I want my milk dried up because I've lost a baby. Like, this woman has had a miscarriage. And clearly, like, she's got a lot of hardships in her life. And I feel so bad for her. I feel like she needs a hug or or something. Yeah. Or, and she has nothing. Clearly, her husband's playing away. She she's exhausted by the children she does have. And she sad. smells rank. She smells rank. People are just gagging about her fanny. Yeah. Um, I then, still would though. I'd still lick it out. Yeah. You'd you'd give that to Pearl. You'd give yeah. her that moment. I'd lick it clean. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad that Pearl has people. There's people like you in the world to help her. <laughs> so, Pearl says, um, I bet you think we're all slattens around here. And Jenny goes, as a matter of fact, I think you're all heroines. And everyone, <laughs> <laughs> Pearl, on like a vinyl and it puts on this record and it's like the usual ending outro to recall the midwife episode, but there's a less there's like a musical moment and you see all of the happy ending. It's very pretty. But Pearl doesn't get a happy ending. She just puts hands on her hips and looks out the window like, gotta keep going, haven't you? Oh, it's with a with the east end. We just keep going. We just keep going. It's that that's, that's what we do. Even through the war, we kept going and we kept shagging and kept getting syphilis. We're we're amazing. We're amazing. We've been bombed. No one swept up the bomb site yet. And then there's like a, a st- takeaway image of Conchita with her baby in the back garden because obviously the baby's fine. And then there's a long monologue which becomes the bread and butter of Call the Midwife, which is Jenny. And it's I I love the monologues, but also they're a bit dull. They can be a bit pious. Yeah, like I've caught it's I've just said talked about love and life, learning how to fly in the East End. And then at the back but, end they say Jennifer Worth, nineteen thirty-five to two thousand and eleven. And that is who this whole series is based on. So yeah. we have to Doesn't shout- Vanessa Red Redgrave sound really young though, com- yes, compared yeah. to the later episodes. That girl needs to lay off the fags and the boobs <laughs> if we're gonna keep her. That's all I'm saying. I thought she was dead. Is she dead? I thought they like the older Jenny scenes have been cut in later episodes because she's dead. No, she's still there. She's still there. Do yeah, she's still there. Okay. She's just a little bit more haggard than she was. Haggard. Yeah, haggard. Is that what I mean? <laughs> Possibly. Who My knows? English isn't very good. My first language is sex. Welsh. <laughs> I'd like to hear you speak fluent sex. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this ends our first ever podcast. This is the first episode and the pilot episode of Call the Midwife. Yeah, Kim, can we do? I think that was good, but I would really like to thank um, our producer, who you yep. know what they're called. I don't because it's a mystery. So, first of all, we'd just like to thank our resident American Sam, who has come up with her own nickname, and she is our producer. So Sam, for the entire thing, has just been watching us via Skype, giving us a bit of eyebrow action and occasionally... Uh, And some tongue action. I got some tongue action. Oh, you love a bit of tongue action. I do. 
yeah. I, I prefer giving it, but I'm all right taking it. Okay. Interesting. We're all just learning a lot about each other. Also, we'd like to thank TL Pursuits because she's done some artwork, which is going to be the artwork for this podcast. And without her, we would just be a bunch of twats on Skype. So thanks, TL Pursuit. We love you. And um, thanks for Kim. Hello. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. You're amazing. You too, Kim. And I'd like to thank Heidi for taking a book and actually making it watchable. Well done, Heidi. Woo! Well done, Heidi. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's the end of our podcast. So um, should we do the theme tune again just to end it? No, nobody needs to know that. (laughs) Nobody. No, no. They can. Sam, the producer, can just replay it. Sam, cue. Hi. Producer Sam here again. And if you have made it this far into the podcast, then that means you must have really liked the show. If you did, feel free to like, subscribe, leave us a good rating on whatever podcast streaming service you are listening to us on. Just want to leave you with a quick note, letting you know that for future episodes, we plan on not only talking about random episodes of Call the Midwife, but we also want to bring on guests, uh, fan artists, fanfic writers, anyone else that out there that you can think of that creates content for this wonderful community. I want to bring them on for some interviews. So if you have someone in mind that you would really like to have interviewed about their content, please let us know in the comments, or you could join the conversation on our Discord, which I will link below in the podcast description. Thanks again. Take care.